welcome to another episode of The Big Question, presented by Friends of Film, a podcasting and in-depth look at specific related questions on some episode what success are video game movies actually cursed? As always, I'm your host, Kubrud, and this week, once again, I'm joined by Josh Straley. Finish him. Or something like that, right? <laughs> Is that how the Mortal Kombat goes? I've I actually so. literally never played it. I see a lot of uh, what Mortal Kombat 11. That's the new one. Yeah. Out, yeah. Or 10. The, 11, the, 10. The trailers are just everywhere. They're, the, yes, there's a new one coming out, but the old one was just like really gruesome with its yes. finishing moves where you just like watch people's hearts and spines get pulled yep. from their bodies. And then people just like t- like tweeted out like, yep, that's good to put out there. It's yep. Like, oh. And there's a really good story I read about like the people who design that stuff and like what it does to them. This guy like believes that he's like totally screwed up because of it. Maybe. But I'll t- I'll tweet that out. Uh, uh, I'll tweet that out with this episode. Okay. Um, when you can find this episode and that tweet on Twitter, obviously at Friends and Film. Um, but if you're looking for the said episode along with a slew of other big questions that we have been answering and looking at, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Anywhere podcasts are found, but on Apple Podcasts, if you can, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us, and then we can find more friends at the show. That's right. And as Josh alluded to, past episodes, our Monday episode of the main show uh, was our review of Detective Pikachu, the latest video game movie adaptation. And so it felt like the perfect time to look back at the quote-unquote cursed history. Synergy. Exactly. You know, got got to... Plug away as much as we can and uh, try to make these things as relevant as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to keep it straight here. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think this is a thing. This is obviously a thing where anytime a video game movie is coming out, it's like, can this be the one? Is this the one yeah. that's going to get the entire genre over the hump? And uh, looking back at everything, uh, we're going to go through the history of video game movies here at the start. Um, we're going to kind of look and figure out, are these things actually cursed? Are they just doomed from the start? Uh, are they going to be doomed forever? Or are they actually like making a turnaround potentially and becoming something like of quality? We'll find out. Um, and in doing so, we uh, looked at 36 video game live action movies that have come out since uh, 1993 when Super Mario Bros. was the oh. first live action video game movie to ever hit theaters. And so to start this kind of breakdown, this uh, this look at the genre as a whole, we thought we would start with the early portions of uh, these adaptations. 1993 to 2000, there were only six films that came out in those seven years uh, with Super Mario Bros., as previously mentioned, the very first movie to ever come out of the genre of this adaptation style um, to take a video game and turn it into a live-action movie. And for the most part, even though I've not seen it, Josh, have you had any chance to check out this I movie? I have bore witness to the disaster that is Super Mario Brothers. So it's as bad as everybody says. It's, it's, it is. Well, here's the thing. You don't know what you're watching. <laughs> it looks like the writers and directors and the somehow the movie itself is on drugs. And it, it is psychedelic and weird and ultra strange. It's got this camp that you see in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh-huh. but not the good kind. The kind where you're just like, what is going on here? Like, what have they done to my heroes? Like, it's like if Super Mario Brothers was like a sex comedy, but oh my gosh, with but not with anyone funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just ultra strange. Like, and there's not even like those portions and those elements in the movie, right? Love, well, there's like, of course, Martin. There's no like, yeah, you know, obviously, like this pipe, is this is you an know? R- <laughs> there, you know, like the famous green pipe. Of course, of course, of about. course. There's none of that. But that's like the attitude of it. 
you know, and it's just strange all the way through. And then when Bowser and all that stuff comes into play, you're just, it's, it's, it's just pukey and <laughs> you feel dirty even thinking about it. Cause I think in a lot of ways, uh, Super Mario Bros. Uh, is the one that obviously started this genre, but it's the one that really kicked off the, oh, this whole genre is cursed yeah. because it put such a stinker in the mouths of everybody who, who saw this movie is. Thankfully, I'm somebody who's not seen it yet. I'll probably check it out one day just to, to just to see it for myself. The same way I'm like, you know, maybe I'll watch the holiday special of Star Wars one day. <laughs> Casablanca, like in terms of movies you need to see, Casablanca, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Those are one and two. You got to get the top and then the bottom. <laughs> yeah, you got you have to. It's just sort of like the highest heights and the lowest lows. Okay, well, uh, I guess that's a very interesting way to look at this. Uh, I guess, but in addition to Super Mario Bros., which was not a hit, obviously got bad reviews uh critically did not do well financially um there was a double dragon movie uh that did basically nothing there was a street fighter movie in 94 uh that almost made 100 million dollars worldwide which is fine um but then the other two big uh you know video game movies of this era was mortal kombat in 95 and then mortal kombat annihilation in 97 uh have you seen either of these movies josh i have not seen any of these mortal kombat Oof, movies you are so lucky <laughs> that terrible I, I have seen the first Mortal Kombat, and it was uh, not great. Okay. I'll tell you that much. It was not very good. I don't even really remember any redeeming qualities other than probably, like, I don't know, maybe the action was decent in some portions. Okay. Um, but then the second one, Annihilation, is just one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. The acting's terrible. Uh, the story's just atrocious. And uh, the the effects and everything are just, like, they're just the worst of the worst. Uh, and... It's, I think it, it, as we as we're looking at this through this lens of you know all these video game movies cursed, you look at these first couple years and these first couple movies, and you're like, yup, <laughs> because if you're saying the first Mortal Kombat movies, but potentially the highlight of the genre, yeah, after you know six years, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> well, and here's the thing though too, like it's so early that like this idea of a curse, like I don't think it's like has like metastasized or taken hold yet, right? But it's certainly like prevailing this idea of like what are they doing quit like oh, clearly this is not working you're mm-hmm. like you know like it's kind of like a do you think people saw those movies and been like oh no obviously they did probably didn't but because mortal kombat kept chugging along yep still popular title it didn't ruin the entire franchise for people or anything like that um so yeah it, it keeps humming along and, and my question is then like to you like real quickly like do you ever think it's? Do we have a case where a video game has ruined, or a video game movie has ruined the video game for anyone? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. I assume, hopefully not, because this is ultimately just an adaptation. It's the same thing of like, um, you know, did Independence Day resurgence ruin Independence Day for people? That's a good point. Maybe, but hopefully not. You're maybe hopefully appreciate the original probably better after you've seen what happens in the long-awaited sequel. Yeah. Um, okay. So I hope that's the attitude that people have with these. Uh, but again, that could definitely not be the case. The same with, you know, uh, comic book movie adaptations where if they're adapting a certain storyline, people want to see it done in a very certain way. And if they take any um, diversions from that, some people can get very upset with, no, that's not how it is in the comics. And you need to follow that. I was yeah. like, well, the, this is not a literal adaptation. <laughs> this is a loose adaptation. This is loosely based on these. Like you don't have the same characters involved half the time. Um, I understand if it's like you know, uh, book adaptations where it's like, oh, you know, here's here's this novel series that I was obsessed with. You know, the Harry Potter movies or Hunger Games or 
uh, anything like that. And they make some small, they make some changes along the way. And you're like, that's not, that's not how this works. Or I guess Game of Thrones people probably see the, the same way. We've read all of, uh, you know, George R. R. Martin's books. They're like, well, no, that's not how, you know, you're diverging from these storylines. I don't like this, Ben of Wise. And that's why the complaints come in, I guess. But hopefully that doesn't hurt their own interest in either the, what, what, what the original source material was. Hopefully you just, all right, this adaptation's not for me, but I still have the old property that I love. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, but after 2000, then, we get into 2001. Uh, and to 2001 to 2010, there are 20 video game movies that come out. Uh, so this is where I think this uh, uh, the genre really takes off in a lot of ways, for better or worse. <laughs> uh, because before that, Mortal, the first Mortal Kombat was the highest grossing video game movie with $122 million worldwide. It did... It got middling reviews, 46% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 57% from audiences, and a 58 Metacritic score as well. Um, so that was, kind of, that, was the, that was the top of the, the food chain somehow. Um, but then as we get into 2001, uh, right at the start, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, starring Angelina Jolie, comes out $274 million worldwide. Not great reviews, 20%, but then 47% from, from audiences, and the, the response around the world financially uh, was a was at least a thumbs up, maybe two thumbs up. It's like, all right, this is like going somewhere. And then, uh, you know, two years later, we get the sequel, uh, The Cradle of Life, and it takes a dip at the box office. It actually gets slightly better critical reviews, but somehow in those two years, the interest in Angelina Jolie as to, as Laura Croft just died. And it saw this franchise die as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really interesting early storyline here is that even a big hit like Tomb Raider couldn't maintain the the fandom to keep up yeah precisely and it brings in this star power of an- star power of angelina yeah. jolie early star power yeah early star power okay yeah I feel like, like this is what kicked off a semi-star power for angelina okay like i mean i can't even like i'm really trying to like, even like orient myself to like the conversation around her as an actress and i can't think of her as a time of not right so i'm assuming she's already famous at this point or at least moderately or like you know on the up and up or jetting up in that point and so like yeah like it sort of takes that um, kernel of this is Indiana Jones, but it's a woman, like novel in some <laughs> ways, I guess, and like rushes forward with that. And to da, I mean, like $274 million is a good deal of dough, mm-hmm. especially for something that's like that was a PlayStation game right. with like 8 bit technology. And it's just like weird to think of it as like even like a, like the, like something from this century. Uh huh you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and it's brought to life. But then, like you said, definitely gets tired eventually. Although critics thought it was a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, it was just weird. but Interesting tag. <laughs> uh, it is. But at the same time as all this hap- is going down with Tomb Raider losing interest, uh, we also have the beginning of an- the other major uh, franchise of the video game genre that's kicked off in this uh, 2000 and. In 2002, with Resident Evil, the very first installment comes out, yes. $102 million uh, worldwide, um, but it gets 34% reviews from critics, 67% from audiences, and this is like the, the I think the Resident Evil films are really the storyline here of this of this section. We'll get to other films that mm-hmm. come out in this, this decade, but it's really the Resident Evil films. We'll get four of them. Resident Evil in 2001, uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse in 2004, Resident Evil Extinction in 2007, and then closing out this decade in 2010, Resident Evil Afterlife. Uh, and each film on my Tomb Raider 
was able to increase interest. We went from $100 million with the first Resident Evil film to $129 million to $148 million and then all up to $300 million with the fourth Resident Evil film. And they're getting you know, slightly better reviews along the way, but, you know, it's, it's obviously no, you know, these aren't, you know, masterpieces by yeah. any regards, mm-hmm. but they have found an audience and this audience is responding. And Resident Evil is that, like, yes. Like, when I think of, um, uh, like, video games that kind of, like, come along with it, Resident Evil is that for me. At least, like, when you say video game, Resident mm-hmm. Evil, right okay. at the top, yeah. And you've seen you've seen the whole series. I've seen right? the whole. No, I haven't seen the final you didn't chapter. See the final one? Okay, I have not closed out the series because I remember this is. I mean, this is obviously back in 2016 or the first year of us doing the podcast. Yes, you know the trailer came out. You want to talk about? It. I'm like Resident Evil. What, Josh? What are you talking <laughs> about? Does anybody like these movies? And I figure, oh, yep. Well, I guess a lot of people do because they go see them at the theater. Right, so. exactly. Uh, but we never ended up reviewing or anything, so I've avoided the it's franchise entirely. Never been discussed. <laughs> um, but you know, maybe one day uh, I'll get around to checking all these out. Um, but I think other than that, I mean, there's other movies that came out in this decade as well. But um, I think Doom in 2005 is one of the the major ones of like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is. The early Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. uh, career takeoff, but even he admits this is a stinker. Nobody likes it. And he's like, no, please don't associate me with this movie anymore. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Oh, it's real bad. I mean, I think it even like incorporates like video game like elements into it. There's a first person shooter moment oh, where gosh. it tries to make you relive the video game. Uh, it, it, it's, it's atrocious. It is, it is a trash fire. Yeah, that's for sure. But then other than that, the other big hit of this decade is right at the end of this. Uh, as of this time, it is it was the highest grossing video game movie of all time. Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Jim Martinton, uh, Ben Kingsley. Yes. Uh, a really, a really great, great cast. Stacked. Um, and comes out and makes $336 million at the box office, 37% from critics, 58% um, from audiences. And in a lot of ways, it's like the first, like moderate success like i think the the one thing even even as we'll go through there is yet to be a video game movie that is a undeniable financial and critical success where it's like yeah okay fans loved it to the point where they responded with their dollars not just like oh yeah we love this movie but we only saw it you know once or nobody saw it at all um, right. and then or critics saw it and then nobody else saw it um but this one you know 37 percent is not high obviously but they're are definite supporters of this movie, even though it is a movie that is shrouded in, you know, some controversy mm-hmm. based on the casting of Jake Gyllenhaal and a lot of other right. Persians who are, you know, not Persian. Ben Kingsley's the closest they got. Yep. <laughs> uh, like, and that's something that I even like back in the day when this thing dropped. I'm like, Prince of Persia. That's that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I played this video game. That was like the first time like I really really connected with it. I mean, I would come along to Resident Evil later, but. I saw this movie because I played Resident Evil, er, uh, Prince, Prince of Persia, Persia. You know, like I wanted to mm-hmm. like get this, and I remember coming out of the theater thinking, "Oh, they kind of did some cool stuff with the time dagger and right. all that jazz." And I'm like, "That was like the video game," and, mm-hmm. and I wanted more, like continuity and all right. sorts of things. But I'm like, they made the more succinct story, mm-hmm. you know, that felt like aladdin in a lot of ways yeah. and uh, it was just interesting actually no felt like like one scene from game of thrones or like one episode where they're like <laughs> trying to get into uh marine i think right that, that's that's basically this movie with like a sidewinder twist uh-huh. with the heart the heart out anyway um 
But yeah, like I didn't even think about the Jake Gyllenhaal thing. Like today, that's like, oh wow, right? Like I can't believe they even tried that. But like, no, I can believe it. But right, but still, like, but like, like back then, like I mean, I would have been, uh, I guess, sixteen when this movie came right. out. But like you know, when I'm sixteen, I'm not thinking about whether or not like somebody was like whitewashed or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, I'm just thinking, you know, oh like this is like this is a cool movie. Uh-huh. Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> who's this guy? This guy's this guy's an awesome actor. This guy's a great lead. Uh, and I was like this. Like she's really good, and she's also like drop dead gorgeous. Like I understand why Jake Gyllenhaal is like risking his life for this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot, like in a lot of ways, this movie still holds a soft place in my heart. Where I'm like, I just rewatched it a couple of like months ago. Really? Yeah. Like it doesn't like it holds up like in the ways that it can. Of like you know Jake is good, and like, but you have to kind of like if you don't, and it's like this is a weird thing to say. Like if you don't like look at it through the prism of like these actors probably shouldn't have been casting these roles to begin with. Uh-huh. Like they do fine with what they're given and the, the action is decent. The plot is okay. Like there's just a lot of like, okay elements to it. Like would have been better now if like, this was like a, an ethnically diverse and like appropriate cast. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, for what it is, I think it's, I think it's fine. And it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, that's the that's the early success here. Uh, Prince of Persia, Resident Evil, and uh, the Tomb Raider movies are the the early successes in this uh, 2001 2010 space. But uh, there's also some clunkers along the way, as we mentioned. Doom. There's uh, uh, Max Payne. There's a bunch of other like you know really lesser movies. There's a Tekken movie apparently that was made uh, that made less than a million dollars at the box office, but somehow cost 130 million according to Google. I don't know if I trust that number because that just seems incredible for such a such a small return. Um, but maybe that maybe that is the case. I don't know. Um, but then as we get into the I guess the quote unquote modern day video game movie adaptations. Uh, the first one to come out was the fifth Resident Evil movie, Retribution. Uh, $240 million. Again, not great critical review, 29%, but just, you know, okay from audiences as well, 51%. And uh, this is where this movie ultimately concludes, where this franchise concludes in 2017 with the final chapter, $312 million, the highest grossing of the franchise, 37% critical, uh, 40% from audiences. I like both right around uh you know highs for that franchise and so again resident evil has this somehow has the staying power from 2002 to 2017 to still have an audience to still make money even though they're not really changing a lot they're not adding like major stars along the way it's just um mila jovovich right she's she's the lead like that's it it's her the resident evil brand and like that's all you got they've they occasionally they occasionally Drop Michelle Rodriguez in there. Okay. Twice, I believe. But other than that, that's it. That's really all. And it's just wild. It, it, I am. I'm actually, frankly, surprised because the video game. I mean, I mean, we'll get to this a little bit later. The the movies themselves aren't anything to talk about at all. It's just in your face action the entire way through. Mm-hmm. And but there's no specific element to it that makes it like heightened or overly dramatic or anything like that but there is a matrix quality to them okay that they pick up as they go where it's a little more acrobatic Mm -hmm. and um like sort of uh i mean i'm gonna say like james cameron aliensy okay where it's just sort of like spraying bullets and blowing things up and that's all but there's with a narrative kind of tied in there a little bit Mm -hmm. And and that's all you really get to so 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I still vaguely remember that the the one trailer I've seen for Resident Evil movie, and it's like, okay, the action looks decent, Mila Jovovich looks decent. Yeah, like, it's ultra stylized, and that's about as far as it goes, though. No, that's fine. But I mean, again, it's the the staying power of this franchise. I think is nothing short of kind of amazing, <laughs> uh, from what it started out with to them becoming uh, three hundred twelve million dollar. I think the franchise over as a whole gross, you know, close to like. Definitely did over a billion dollars at the yes. box office, which is uh, hats off to them. Uh, great job from that that team to pull that off somehow. Uh, in the same time period, we got need the Need for Speed movie in 2014. Aaron Paul, Rami Malek, uh, I think uh, Michael Keaton is in there as well. A very odd movie because the and, the and this is one of those like tough things about adaptations of video games. It's like there's no story behind Need for Speed. Mm-hmm. Need for Speed is just a racing game. Right. So how do you turn that into a story? I don't remember anything about the story of that first film. Um, but you know, if because you, you need you just need like to, I mean, were you a Need for Speed fan growing uh, up? Yeah, kind of. Like I knew like you had to do like the the fun mini game where you just try to cause as much havoc and damage right. as possible by running through an intersection, uh-huh. and watching the chaos spray out. Um, but I remember this, I didn't see this movie, but I remember it coming around and it being like being hailed, like, cause it was in the aftermath of breaking bad and it was yep. hailed as just like Paul Rudd steps out For and Aaron did Paul. like Aaron Paul. Yes. Thank you. Paul <laughs> Rudd. Paul Rudd would have been great. It's his, it's his, it's his like, it's his vehicle, if you uh-huh. will, um, to get him into like movie stardom yep. rather uh-huh. than just being relegated to uh, some voiceover work in a Amazon prime series. That <laughs> no one watches. Um, but yeah, like, and the, but this is, but I think this is kind of like an important one though, where you can really point to it and be like, oh, it's branding. Yeah. Like this could have been Fast and Furious, like Tokyo Drift Two. Mm-hmm. It could it could have been titled anything. I think, I think it's the same plot actually. Like, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. So, you know, I mean, like, it's no surprise that it did not do well critically. I mean, it made two hundred million dollars, so that's that's not nothing. No, yeah, I mean, it did It did fine. Uh, the plot synopsis for Need for Speed, according to IMDb, is fresh from prison, a street racer who is framed by a wealthy business associate joins a cross-country race with revenge in mind. His ex-partner, learning of, of the plan, places a massive bounty on his head as the race begins. I do vaguely remember that now, where Dominic Cooper is the ex-partner, I believe, and Aaron Paul is obviously the guy who's... Really, mm-hmm. Dominic? Yeah. This is like the, you know, post, you know captain america the first avenger like mm-hmm. got the marvel fame a little bit there before he went and did um uh preacher like you know he's kind of trying to break out into you know becoming that movie star just like aaron paul is a little bit but uh yeah it's a really weird cast i mean image of poots kid cuddy's in here but dakota johnson um but you know they just didn't transpire in anything i mean i know there's people who like this movie there's i think there's some fun to be had with it potentially but i didn't you know personally really take to it there's some nostalgia wrapped up in there remember when kid cuddy was putting out good albums right oh man and then no offense he uh no i mean not take it from me i mean he really trailed off there he was like top of the game back when i was in high school and then just uh i don't know what happened I want you back cuddy <laughs> be great get a kid cuddy renaissance um but other than Need for Speed, uh, two years later, 2016, we have potentially the biggest video game movie of all time. Uh, at least it is financially with Warcraft hitting theaters in the summer. It made $433 million at the box office, 28% from Rotten Tomatoes um, from critics and 77% from audiences. So this is like the first one that was like 
legitimately like no audiences like really like really dug this because they responded with their um, money, but then they also were like giving it like and praising it with um, you know whatever a Rotten Tomato review is worth from a you know a, a random person. But mm-hmm. um, they were responding to it you know favorably, and this is a movie that was bombing uh, here domestically and was only really saved thanks to what is able to pull over in China and overseas because that's where that movie ultimately took off. It only made forty seven million dollars domestically out of uh, so it made. Basically, it made $386 million overseas, which is just a wild, wild uh, divide. Um, but with $106 million production cost, it barely breaks even if it did for uh, for Universal. And that's why you know, there's been some rumblings of a potential sequel. It doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. But Duncan uh, Jones keeps hitting. Like. I know. You know, he's just <laughs> like, you know, maybe, maybe it'll happen. I'm like, I mean, okay, cool. Like, we both didn't love the movie. I think I would ultimately give it like a negative review. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of it, I'm still like, but the world is cool. And like they did, they, they did the footwork. They laid, they laid out all everything I need to know. So now in the future, I don't need to worry about introducing eight different realms or cities and all these different subgroupings and like how the, you know, the political divide of the whole like realm is like, I don't like all that stuff is done with. And now we can just move forward with like Warcraft adventures. Yeah. And I think that would have been like a great way for this thing to go, but that's not <clears> what we got. Warcraft was still successful in its own right um, financially, but you know, it just was, wasn't enough. Yeah. It was a video game mired in its own, mired in itself, lost mm-hmm. in itself. It had to include everything. Scores and scores of uh, monologues about the way things are in the realm of Anthiagargarg. I don't <laughs> that's, know. Sure, that's probably right. <laughs> I think so. Probably close. It's actually with an A, though. Asgore. No, it's that's definitely not Asgard. <laughs> it's like a Goria or something like that. I'll figure it out. But like, it's it's stuck in all of this and just can't pull itself out long enough to give you something coherent because mm-hmm. it's just like bam here's this wizard bam there's this order and then there's these orcs coming in from the dying dimension right and then all of a sudden um it, the ben, movie's over yeah ben foster is a wizard at one point and, then, and he's an evil wizard um and then isn't there somebody there's like a it's not meryl streep but like helen mirror or somebody appears as like a random like witch for like three seconds maybe i'm thinking of a different movie entirely um, but I thought it was Warcraft where like there's like a super quick cameo from like as very prestigious uh, older actress. It's like, wait, what? How did Warcraft manage to convince this person uh, to get involved? But like it, it, it's a it's kind of, you know, it's it's a movie where I wish it had, you know, it got better reception than it did because it has a really good cast. Paul Patton, Dominic Cooper again, Ben Foster, Travis Famel, Toby Kebbell, um, Clancy Brown, Daniel Wu, Ruth Nega. But uh I don't know. I don't know what I'm. Oh, talking. again, that's a Dominic Miller role. We just get him, get him out of there. Oh, it's Glenn Close. That's who it was. Yeah, it was there like, you go. What? Like what? Glenn Close? Why are you in this movie? <laughs> There's Paul Patton. Yeah, man. If only. Um, but other than we go from Warcraft in the summer to the end of that year, Assassin's Creed comes out. Michael Fassbender adaptation of, in my opinion, one of the most popular video games of the last several years. Um, in terms of the franchise, it just continues to pump out new content. I haven't played one in several uh, years now, but I Assassin's Creed was a franchise I really got into uh, for the first one, played the first four games, I believe, all the way through, and, uh, you know, just, you know, lost it after that. But uh, 
a movie that I think had promise and I think ultimately it's okay, but it didn't really embrace like the the sleuthiness or all of the, the the assassin stuff that you can do with this franchise. Instead, it was like, here's Michael Fassbender in like a insane asylum for most of the film. Like mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's part of the game, but mm-hmm. like that's not the bulk of it. That's not what makes this interesting. Yeah, and like, and it's, it's, from what I understand, it's a complete like turnaround of like mostly everything other right. than the mem- the genetic memories aspect of mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it takes it out to the real world too. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, I knew Assassin's Creed was like the one that was hyped, mm-hmm. and that like even weird the show was like this looks this is gonna be the one. And then we both walked away. We're like pleasant, but but forgettable. Yeah, it just it felt like there's a there's a thread running through all of these video games. It's one of two things. It's one relying on no knowledge mm-hmm. of all sorts of things, um, or it's just stuck in the nuances and the worlds that they have built in their round. Mm-hmm. And you're just sort of like, I'm, I want to know a story. Right. Give me something that I can follow mm-hmm. rather than just exposition and layers and layers of explanations of like what's going on and inferences and things like that, that other people should know. Yeah. And, but it, Assassin's Creed is one of these ones where it's like, here's a, here's a inkling of what we are, mm-hmm. but here's a mostly a story. And, that's somehow unfulfilling too. Yep, and uh, they they had plans for this to become a franchise. That's not going to happen, obviously. Even though it made two hundred four million dollars worldwide, uh, but not great reviews. Eighteen percent and audiences forty three. So nothing special here. Um, and then the, the, the last year and a half, uh, we had Tomb Raider last year come out two hundred seventy three million dollars worldwide, just enough to get it a sequel, which finally was announced a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Rampage in April, which is uh, the second highest grossing. Uh, video game adaptation uh, with $428 million at the box office, 52% from critics, 73% uh, from audiences. And then as we talked about on the main show, Detective Pikachu, currently box office numbers, we don't know. It's still an opening weekend. It is you know very early on. Um, but critics are liking it and audiences are liking it as well. So yes. this is the one potentially to, to turn around. And uh, it, a right. positive indicators, mm-hmm. sequel already in the works. And, like, by positive indicators, we mean not outright dis- destroyed by critics. Right. Like, we're talking, like, the last, you know, including Detective Pikachu, the last three films are both over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. which is an outlier for video game movies. Yes. <laughs> as tough as it is to say. Like, that's actually nuts. And getting a critic or an audience score in the high 80s is, like, that's what you want? Yeah. That's what these things are for. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I think. I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more here in detail. But yeah, the, there's actually signs of turnaround. And then, like, I mean, yeah, you totally agree. So then, so that 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 is the you know 2011 to now. We got 10 films so far. We'll get an 11th this year. Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and you know, there's more on the way as well. So we're no way at the end of you know the video game movie adaptations, but. As we're we've we've you know kind of gone through the history and now looking back at it is what is the one thing that you want from a video game movie um, when you're like all right they're adapting X game or whatever or you're just going in all right this I know this is a video game movie adaptation mm-hmm. what are you what are you hoping to see what am I hoping to see that's a great question to, for a video game movie when I when I want to see something I want to feel the game brought to life in mm-hmm. some kind of way and I want but I want it to be how I play it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Which is 
which is why I kind of like, which is why actually Resident Evil, I think it like, like appeals to me so much uh-huh. is just because it's, it's about zombies and those, the, those games actually jump genres. The first one is very much just a horror. You're walking through, sometimes you pick up a gun and you shoot a zombie. Uh-huh. It's very much the same in that first one in a lot of ways. Um, and then they expand and they blow up and they're like, all right, now let's make it an action adventure. And then you, then that's what kind of those movies become. They mm-hmm. just get more grandiose. But you want to see the thing you've spent some time in brought to life. Right. You want to be rewarded on screen for the hours that you've put in elsewhere. And I think that's what I'm getting from mm-hmm. this. Yeah, no, I think I think that's pretty much on point with what I'm, uh, with what I would like to see as well. Especially for, I mean, it depends on for something like you know Detective Pikachu, as I mentioned in our review of our, on the main show and from Monday. Never played any of the games really, so I don't have any like this is how it needs to be done. I'm a blank slate. I am ready to just show me what a Detective Pikachu movie and what the game, what 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 feeling I should have from this experience. Yeah, you tell me. Um, for something like Assassin's Creed or Need for Speed or um, uh, I don't know. I'm not like that big of a gamer, but like you know, uh, Call of Duty or Halo. You know, with that you know, Stars uh, Stars show. Is that what it's at? Stars. Um, no, where where's the Halo TV show? Showtime, I think. Show yes, that's right. Showtime, not Stars. The John Wick spinoff series of that stars potentially. Um, that's where it's just like I, I I I've played these games. I know how I want this to look. I know how I want it to feel. I know how the story should be to a certain degree, and that's where it's tough because I think a lot of these adaptations, people have a sense of ownership over them, um, rightfully in most cases because they've they've spent a lot of time yeah pouring over becoming invested and now they want to see them done justice on the big screen collecting um, all of the little things exactly collect. but the, there's also that other side where it's like but you know at the end of the day i i just want to be entertained by these movies and most video game movie adaptations are some sort of an adventure so i want to go on that adventure and feel like whatever world this is whether it's whatever world warcraft takes place in uh rhyme city from detective pikachu um you know Resident Evil franchise, Prince of Persia, like whatever. I just want to feel like that world is authentic and brought to life properly. Because if that doesn't work and like you don't, I don't buy the setting of it and I don't mm-hmm. buy the characters, then like this is dead from the get go. Yeah, absolutely. And then like I kind of want to just loop back to you real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, has there been a, has there been one in here? Like I know you said Assassin's Creed and like is the one like you kind of had played but didn't really get around to has uh-huh. there been one that you've just felt like you've gotten that video game experience from or like felt like you've could see or hear and like remember all hmm. of these elements that felt like payoff to you so you ask like which one of these felt most like the right adaptation of the game yeah exactly um that is tough because i mean i've only seen like like 12 of the movies that we've talked about um but in terms of the games that i've played like I played Warcraft like the free trial a couple of times. But that's it. Assassin's Creed, I played several of the games. Um, Tekken, I played, but like that, like you know, I've never seen the movie. I uh, don't even know if that if that movie is really even a thing or not because okay, it's just fair so low. Um, and Mortal Kombat and like those type of things. Like I've played, you know, and you know arcades and stuff at like movie theaters or malls a couple of times, but like not like a huge investment. So I think for a lot of these, I'm. I don't have that big of an expectation um, except for Assassin's Creed. And it was like, all right, like I've, even if you're not adapting a storyline from the game and you're doing, no, this is a new thing with the same Assassin's Creed premise. Like, okay, cool. But I still know how this should go. 
And, you know, it gave me some things I wanted where, like, you know, it did the the bird's eye, you know, dive mm-hmm. uh, into the hay. I'm like, that's an iconic thing from Assassin's Creed. Like, you have to do that in the film. Um, so, like, I guess a couple of points for you for doing that. But other than that, like, you know, there wasn't a ton of, like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, calling back. I'm remembering when I did this thing in the game because this is bringing back those memories. In a lot of ways, it's just, um, you know, new material and uh, new experiences. Yeah. Okay. Anything for you that sticks out? Yeah, I mean, like, I think I already spoke about Resident Evil. Um, but just to harp on Pokemon again, like, that was, that really made something already kind of, like, that felt like it was beyond our plane. You're, like, just hovering above, like, our plane and humanity. Uh-huh. Like, it felt like it did bring it to us in a lot of ways. And that and I think that's really a really interesting point. I think I think maybe why... Um, it's seeing some success yeah. above all of these is because it was able to do that. Mm-hmm. It just make it feel more tangible. Right. Rather than, you know, run around expecting a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is there is there any of these movies and we've talked about them, we've seen several of them. Uh which one of, of these, um, since you know there there's this quote unquote curse on this genre, mm-hmm. which one of them is like if you say, Well, it's not cursed because this movie and it, at least this movie at least is good. This is like, which, which one is the best for you? Which one is the best for me? Yeah, oh, weirdly enough, I'm going to go ahead and just pick detective Pikachu. Okay. Uh, and, and because it doesn't really try to be a video game movie. Mm-hmm. It's a movie based on a video game based on video games. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's like three levels there. Yeah. It's Pokemon, but it's also detective Pikachu. And so it's like, those two things right there and there, trading card games and everything like that. But it's it's really it really just feels like a, a like a different world in a lot of ways. Um, and in our review, I do say like it <clears throat> it does expect you to kind of know Pokemon and mm-hmm. understand like a little bit about it to get into it. But a lot of the jokes and everything like that are very on the nose. And there's some physical comedy and there's some tangible things that and you can laugh at regardless of like whether you know that that Pokemon is uh, a Psyduck or a Squirtle or, um, you know, like what a uh, Snorlax is and like why he's out there in the middle of the street just like dowsing off like constantly or whatever the case is. Right. Like it's just funny to watch. Um, the, the Mr. Mime scene, like mm-hmm. you, it's easy to understand, oh, he can't talk. And like, so they carry that out and they let that go um, for all those things. But like, that's the thing where it's just so low brow and not asking you to like jump into this world. Just be like, here's some Pokemon, mm-hmm. laugh with us. <laughs> like that's this kind of thing. And sure it gets wild and weird and then it comes in kid action adventure in the end. But that's right where it is, especially too, because Another thing to notice about all of these video game adaptions is, uh, Prince of Persia aside, these are rated R and dark, and sometimes PG-13, Assassin's Creed is there. Mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu is PG, right? That's correct. And they're, they, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's low access. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard to harp on something that's not taking itself seriously. Yeah. That's a good point. Because, yeah, I mean, um, I don't even know of any of the other ones that would maybe, maybe Super Mario Bros. is PG. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's certainly not. Um, but like, Mortal, like the Mortal Kombat movies, the early, um, you know, uh, Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider films, like those are PG 13, Resident Evil, those are uh, upper, uh, the ratings, Hitman, Max Payne's, Dooms. Um, 
Need for Speed, PG-13 for sure, Warcraft as well. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Maybe that's why, you know, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, what the box office receipts is to see if it can top Warcraft and become the highest grossing uh, video game movie of all time. But um, if nothing else, it's at least opening up the the audience to be like, no, like, we'll we'll accept younger audiences because like, it's in many ways aimed at a younger audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, like, don't even forget, there's a Mario Illumination movie on yeah. its way out. And Illumination is nothing but um, very specifically cute and mm-hmm. kitty. And so, like, you can even point to that strategy there. So Right. And, and I guess, like, beyond live action, like, you know, we've seen the Angry Birds movie come out in 2016, made $352 million worldwide. Uh, the Angry Birds 2 comes out this year as well. So, like, there's a lot on the horizon uh, animated as well, but nothing really has been that big of a hit um, to really get into this conversation we're having right now um, so far. But maybe that could change with Super Mario Bros. or um, a, a Zelda movie or a Kirby movie or, uh, I don't know, any Nintendo character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe that, maybe that is the path to victory here. Um, for me, I think it is the uh, the Tomb Raider movie from last year that really st- still stands the test of time for me as like really this is what i i mean i think because in a lot of ways it's not trying to be a video game movie it's like it's just it's just an action adventure movie with alicia vikander uh, leading the way um she plays this like you know hard-nosed laura croft who can do her own thing um and but like there's no like oh make sure we, we put on the side quest or like we throw in um, like, you know, there's, there's sequel setup and all this stuff, but in a mm-hmm. lot of ways it's just like, no, make sure we have good action and a good leading lady and the rest of the movie will take care of itself. And like, I've never really played any of the Tomb Raider games. So, um, but from what I've seen of them, like it, it captures that heart of adventure and the action spectacle um, of the franchise. So even as somebody who hasn't played them, I still think that people who have um, from what I've gathered, uh, appreciate the way it's able to be adapted on the big you screen. You haven't played any of those newer ladder versions? No, I thought about buying them for like, you know the PS4, um, but I'm like, eh, I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, they're very much like that's um that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the movie like game like kind of yes. crossover like that that's very much. Because I've seen a lot of the trailers for them. Yeah, they're, like they're all over very the place. cinematic and it mm-hmm. kind of follows it follows closely, but not a lot. But okay, I, I'll definitely definitely understand why you would pick that though. Mm-hmm. It's certainly right there, and it's definitely the video game movie I've seen the most amount of times. How many times have you seen it? Uh, more than five because you're thinking. No, about not more it. than five. I'm trying to remember if it's three or four. I think it's three. Yeah, I think it's three. Either or, that's still. a Good number. Yeah. I don't even think I've seen Resident Evil that many times. And I, <laughs> I like that a lot. So, so we've each named our favorite video game movies. We've gone through the history of them all. Um, to answer the big question here, are video game movies cursed? Is there a curse? Is this real? <sighs> yeah, there is a curse. And the curse is like making a video game movie. It, because it's... You're trap you tra- you're trapping yourself immediately mm-hmm. in this very interactive thing and you're taking away that agency from anyone going to the theater and you're having to live with like those choices and things like that yeah it, it's a story that they already know so you have to automatically change that but you can't change it too much <laughs> or else the audiences will like will be upset or mad and it, you're just digging yourself into a hole a lot of the time. And I think you're making it hard for yourself. Um, World of Warcraft, though, 
breaks the mold a little bit, but and Defective Pikachu breaks the mold a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, Tomb Raider starts to do that a little bit, but still adheres to that story. <clears throat> but they're definitely cursed because you are, you just I mean it's not ooh magic curse right it's, yeah it's your it's the, shooting yourself in the foot. It's as soon as you pick up one of those properties. It's just how they're you think just like the expectations come with them the second. <laughs> The expectations that come with them and also just most of the time they're really wonkish and weird. And unless you're investing hours and hours into mm-hmm. the thing to play, you're not going to have enough time to fully like feel and understand what's going on. So my question uh, for you is um, so you've played the Uncharted games, right? I have never played an Uncharted Oh, I thought game. you had. No, okay. I haven't. Well, uh, you know me, you know the general premise of them. Yes, of like, you know, Nathan Drake adventures, yes. Indiana Jones style. He's basically. Indiana Jones, but like with an, with a, like an older mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that that like, you know, because they're going the young route with Tom Holland. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, that, you know, is that is that the way to like do this in a better way where you're not going, all right, here's Chris Pratt, Nathan Drake. And it's like, all right, now we're telling this story of the first game or is it better for them to go back like. You don't know the story because the game's never told you, so you have no expectations of what we're going to tell. Is yeah. that better or is that like, well, no, that's not our game, so we don't like this? I think it's better. I do think it's better because you're just getting out of – you're saying you don't get a say in this mm-hmm. because it's over here. It sort of just becomes like a part of the Nathan Drake extended universe right. in a lot of ways, I think, perhaps, by just getting literally out in front of everything that had come before that's canon and canonical mm-hmm. and saying – this is its thing before it's a thing. Like it's his beginning. It's young Nathan Drake, like right. young Indiana Jones thing like that. You know, that kind of attitude and way to go about it. Um, I, I, Dan Trachtenberg is behind that project. All um, the faith in Dan. Exactly. <laughs> and he's a bad, road, bad robot, ro- robot protege. Um, he'll be, you know, probably bringing the JJ spirit to it. So uh, that, that has some extenuating circumstances <laughs> to it. Um, but it's surely like diving into like an abyss, yeah. I say. But what do you say? Is there a video game curse? I will say that there. it seems like there was one at a time. But I think most recently, more recently, it's showing that there's not a curse. It's more of we're still figuring out how to adapt these games in a cinematic fashion where we're trying they're, tr- they're still trying to figure out how to strike that balance of telling something new but then also telling something familiar so people who love the games will love the movie mm-hmm. and accept the movie and its story and the characters but also be like but we're going to do it in a different way so you don't know everything that's coming towards you um and we can surprise you we can surprise every uh, general audience as well because they don't know anything about this anyways um and so i think that there's you know there were some hiccups along the way but i don't think it's cursed and because we've seen Tomb Raider uh, be hit for me at least. Um, you know, Rampage was fine, but nothing you know special. And then Detective Pikachu, I think, is another win. Will Sonic, you know, take that back in a downward spiral? Probably. <laughs> if I if I had to put money on it, mm-hmm. it probably will. Unfortunately, but um, I still think that like you know that's more of the issue of the approach of the film of like let you know what's what's cool about Sonic that he's like in his own world and he's fast. So let's make a Sonic movie. Where he's in the in, on earth and yeah. the, we make him like an alien like that's mm-hmm. that you're losing sight of who this character is as long as i think you can hone in who the character is what the world is i think those are the two most important things and then getting like you know the tone and everything right 
I think as long as you can do those three things, then we're off and running um, and getting successful video game adaptations. That's why I hope Uncharted will be one of those, um, uh, one of those early first ones. Maybe the uh, the Snake Eyes movie the, oh, that's uh, right. yeah. uh, is in development um, that I think Jordan Volt Roberts is doing, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but like, you know, there's just, there's just put so much potential in these games that I'm, I refuse to believe there's a, a, like a curse on them. And it's more just a, we, they haven't cracked the code yet. And because there's such a pileup of like really bad entries early on that like you look at the whole history, it's like, yeah, this is rough. Um, but like when you look at the genre recently, it's like, no, but it's like really good. It's like, if you would have like looked at, um, the Kings, the Sacramento Kings over the oh. last 15 years, mm-hmm. like terrible franchise <laughs> they do nothing right or i guess the knicks the knicks is a better example okay the knicks haven't done anything right for like uh 15 years maybe 20 um they signed the wrong players to max contracts they hired the wrong executives um but you know several years ago you know more beyond 20 years ago they were like a pristine franchise and they still have that like but the knicks just make a couple of changes and they're back to they're back to prominence. And so I think that's the video game genre. They're the they're the New York Knicks of Hollywood. That's my analogy. That's that's an interesting one. I wasn't <laughs> sure where you were going. As I don't soon know as you either. Said Sacramento Kings, but I think you got around to it. Uh, yeah, I had to I had to pivot. It, it it's very, it requires some very precise knowledge. Yes. Um, not precise, but you need to know. You got it. You got it down. The Knicks, <laughs> like they they're they're like there, but they're not there. Yeah. Um. And we are in the 2019 off season, I guess. Right. When you, we're we're in the stage where you sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to max extensions, exactly, or max contracts, and then you're like, oh, now we're a finals contender. Mm-hmm. And Detective Pikachu is getting an extension. That's right. Somewhat, it's got a sequel on exactly. its way. There's some belief in there. Uncharted is the you know is the Kevin Durant sure. <laughs> signing, and uh, can uh, they land that? Thing? Exactly. That that's um, the big I question. Mean, I mean, r- r- and then like I don't know what you'd call Sonic, but <laughs> certainly there's some. Things happening there. We'll see what the redesign looks like. I'm, I'm would you be shocked if it doesn't look like the video game character. Oh yeah, it'll be much closer. I'm sure so. Yeah. If not, they just probably <laughs> like merge the eyes and things like that. We'll see. But yeah. Um, okay, I get that. Okay, cool. So that is uh, our topic, uh, our big question uh, on. Is there actually a video game movie curse? Those are our thoughts. I say no. Josh says yes. Let us know what you guys think on Twitter. Hit us up at Friends of Film. You can follow me personally on Twitter as well at MovieCooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head right to give us a five-star review with comments. That's why I enjoy listening to the show. Thanks again for tuning into the Friends of Podcast. Josh. Hit the me. Mario. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.